You're listening to Fox on the Wire podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Fox on the Wire. My guest today is a awesome singer-songwriter from Bendigo, and I've got Meredith Whittle on the other line. We're uh, Skyping each other today. We've had a few technical difficulties, to say the least. <laughs> Our difficulties probably went longer than this chat will, but we've, uh, <laughs> we've got there in the end. So welcome, Meredith. Welcome to Fox on the Wire. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Maybe next time we'll do it in person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> had a few hiccups today. But uh, I think we got there in the end, so just fingers crossed that I'm recording this properly and uh, we'll get an episode out of it. Um, <laughs> so you're originally from Bendigo? Uh, originally from Kyneton. Right. Um, and then we moved to Melbourne when I was little. Um, so I grew up in the western suburbs of Melbourne in Sunshine and Fortescray um, and then moved back to Kyneton and then up to Bendigo. Yep. And um, recently, or in recent years, you moved moved across to WA, Western Australia. Yeah. Yep, yeah, we were, uh, I think they're called sand gropers. So, yeah, we've been, <laughs> we've been in Western Australia for the last five years, um, which has been awesome, actually. So there's been a lot of growth and development as a, a muso over there, which has been good for me. So, yeah. Yeah, so what was the... Uh, musical landscape like over there compared to say Melbourne or Bendigo um look, uh, different very much different from Melbourne um yep. east coast entirely um probably mostly because the geographical location of of Perth for example is you know the most isolated city in the world and um when you're touring over there it's not it's not easy to tour. So between Perth and Geraldton, it's six hours. So to go to Gero for a drive to play for a night or so, it's a, it's a pretty hectic episode. Or if you want to go down to Margaret River or Albany or Esperance or Denmark, and, you know, there's a pretty um, cool touring circuit, but it's literally hundreds and hundreds of kilometres between venues, between locations. So it's, yeah, challenging, but also... Um, lots and lots of music lovers over in WA, so which is good. Yeah, cool. So is it kind of like, I mean, from Melbourne we can tour up the coast, you know, head up to Sydney and, you know, play a bunch of places in between and then, you know, even go to Brisbane from there. So is it kind of similar over in WA where you could, you know, start off in Perth and then head up the coast or do you have to sort of head inland as well or...? Um, well, the usual touring circuit, so you usually do a southwest tour. So you start in Perth, um, sometimes play in Mandra, which is about a, an hour south. Next town is a little bit an hour further down, that's Bunbury. Then you've got Margaret River, um, and I'm just trying to think of where the other places are on the way down. So usually when you're doing a tour, it's you've got six or seven places, but you generally don't do all of them in one yeah. kind of you, you generally go back home because there's just not enough venues I suppose um to support it permanently I suppose if you're on the road for like two weeks you have to just keep going back to Perth so yeah yeah 
so a lot of those places probably don't have live music every night. Like No, not every night, but pretty solid Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sundays. And there's heaps of wineries um, and little littler venues if you're happy to do smaller smaller gigs, heaps and heaps of music festivals. Yeah. Heaps of music festivals. Um, but getting onto the right ones um, <laughs> is a is a bit of a challenge, especially when you're from the east coast and yeah. not a not a known commodity in Western Australia. So, which changed towards the last probably eighteen months that I was there. So, which is really cool. Okay, yeah, when I caught up with you uh, two or three weeks ago in Bendigo, we had the um, Golden Vine Hotel yeah. gig. Uh, you said you did a bit of touring over in WA and yep. played some festivals and yep. were they sort of winery, mostly winery sort of shows? No, um, no. <laughs> no, so I was lucky to be um, a Wham artist, so Western Australian Music. So they have Wham Fest every year, which is awesome. Um, so I was on the Wham Fest festival. I've played it um Fairbridge Festival, which is one of the biggest festivals in the country. Um, uh, Crab Fest, which is Mandra-based. Um, Beaufort Street Festival. Um, Denmark Festival of Voice. Like there's heaps and heaps of festivals um, that are not winery situations and you end up um, in front of, you know, 20, 30, 40,000 people um, and it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, right. First time that that happens and... You know, you've got Channel 7 cameras in your face and you're walking through the festival and there's big screens the whole way down through the festival with your face on them. And, yeah, it's a little bit intimidating the first couple of times you do things like that. So Cool. So some pretty big crowds. Pretty big crowds. Pretty big crowds. Are they the sort of biggest crowds you've played to in your career? Yep. Yep. <laughs> and is yep. it sort of addictive? <laughs> uh uh, well, I don't know. I get, I still get nervous sometimes when I get on stage. So, and especially gigs like that. Um, yeah, even thinking about it gives me sweaty palms. Just, yeah, it's wow. it's full. So, um, yeah, and I think you know, live streaming you in front of twenty thousand people to the whole west coast of the country on Channel Seven. Um, you know, you're already, you're already in a situation where you're high stress because it's a big crowd in front of you then you've mm. got cameras on you as well and over there I played solo the entire time um yeah and a couple of little little gigs and things like that but the festivals most of the time I played um I played solo so well yeah <laughs> it was terrifying cool sounds good <laughs> so uh you've moved back to Bendigo now um yes. after five or six years over in WA yep 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 uh, it was time time to come home. Time yep. to come. Home. So, yes, with kids and kids that are growing rapidly, and parents that are getting older, and yeah, so we've moved back home to um, be closer to family. Yeah, cool. So, um, going back and playing those festivals again is that an option, even though you don't live over there? I'm I'm anyway. sure it is, but it's um, as I said, like it's. It's you'd have to spend a significant amount of time over there just to cover the flights. Yeah. Um, and like we've driven across, I've driven across the Nullarbor maybe six, seven, eight times, I think now. Yeah. Um, and the drive home 
back moving back here. Um, I think I have PTSD now from the Nullarbor, so I never want to drive on that road again, at least for a very long time. So, yeah, we uh, broke down and lost a car in the middle of nowhere and got stuck in the middle of nowhere for a week. And, yeah, oh. with kids and dogs and cats. and Oh, no. Yeah, it was carnage. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about driving across the Nullarbor because I've heard stories and I think my uncle used to do it. Um, unfortunately, never got the chance to ask him about it, but um, he used to go on gold mine in WA, yeah. I think. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think I vaguely remember you seeing seeing you break down. Yeah, it was somewhere on the way. <laughs> so about uh, eight hundred kilometres out of Perth, so it's three and a half thousand k's from uh, where we were living back to Bendigo. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we were about eight hundred k's out, and um, as you turn onto the Nullarbor, you come through like a little town called Norseman, and it's literally a petrol station on the corner, a little IGA which is also the post office and, like, six other things, and there's a pub, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we were about 50 k's out of Norseman when we when one of the cars just died. So, wow. So, so we got cats, cats and dogs and everything and kids. Yeah, kids and cats and dogs and, wow. yeah, yeah, not fun times. <laughs> Crazy. Um. So back in 2013, I believe you released your debut album. Yeah. Um, which was called, where am I? My notes here, Wild Child. Yeah. Cool. So um, how, how did that go for you when you released it? And um, I know you've yeah. got a new single coming out soon. Sorry, I'll get to that. <laughs> um, yeah, so it. Um, look, I was just pretty convinced that it was just my mum that was going to buy it. Yeah, um, yeah it, it did a, a quite a bit better than that. So, um, yeah, so, and being the first thing I'd ever released as an independent, like as a musician, full stop, um, I had no idea what I was doing and um, didn't, like, select the right boxes for things and, you know, it wasn't registered properly and all of these things, which... I didn't think it was going to matter, but um, it ended up selling a lot, a yep. lot, so which was surprising, really, really surprising for me. And um, turns out there's a lot of people across the world who like what I do, which is awesome. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> so you might have to travel not just across the Nullarbor, then <laughs> across the seas as well. <laughs> Yeah, so I think that's that's the next thing I need to, um, yeah, that'll be what I'll be looking at in the very near future is starting to go overseas and um, looking at that kind of stuff. But, you know, with kids and and um, that kind of stuff, I need to be home a fair bit at the moment, So, which, yeah, yeah is convenient. <laughs> yeah, so what's it like being a mum and, um, and trying to have a music career as well? <laughs> Um, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting and, um, a lot of other mums who are the same age as me or a little bit younger than me, um, always are pulling me up kind of saying, you know, we love watching what you guys do as a family. So, um, uh, most of the time I take the kids on tour with me, yep. um, and we, you know, we've had a tour bus, um, we, um, 
we currently have like a 22 foot caravan. So um, like we've had lots of different things or, you know, even a ute (laughs) and a swag in the back. Um, Yeah, so touring itself is a little bit, I have to be really organised, but I, I suppose yeah, the kids of the kids have seen parts of the country that um, a lot of other kids haven't seen because I play music and I play sometimes play music in really remote locations and yeah, so they're off the beaten track. So you wouldn't generally, you know, as a tourist, be driving through some places and the kids have seen a lot of pretty amazing stuff and I think for the most part they like that. I don't know. <laughs> Got a pretty cool mum. Uh, that, you know, I'm still their mum. They don't think so. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they think I'm lame. So, uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They only like me when, um, you know, they get free tickets to, like, more known people's shows and things. So it's when my when my connections come into play and benefit, benefit them directly, <laughs> that's, that's when they're happy for what I do. So, Which I'm sure it will do for... A few years to come when they get older as well and start yeah. going to their own festivals and um, are they musical themselves? Have they started playing? Um, yeah, so my youngest um, plays drums, um, so he's learning drums at the moment. Um, the second youngest knows how to play a little bit, bit of guitar, really, really beautiful voice. Um, yeah. The next one up did drum lessons, also has an amazing voice. And then mm-hmm. our, our eldest, um, yeah, it doesn't have that musical gene in him. So he's an excellent roadie though. Cool. It could be he a can- manager or a booker or something like that one day. Uh, he can lift heavy things. Oh, and nice. Good. <laughs> so, celebrate everything. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the, the boys, are the, the three youngest ones are very musical. Um very they're all talented but i'm just trying to not let yeah trying to develop other skills so they're also like crazy footballers and things like that as well so i'll be uh, get home at two or three o'clock in the morning from a gig and then i'm up at seven o'clock in the morning you know sitting by you know freezing my butt off watching under nines football (laughs) in the snow (laughs) you know so screaming and cutting oranges and things like that and yeah yeah. <laughs> well, that happened uh, the other week, didn't it? After our golden yeah. wine gig, yeah. I remember you, you said you had to get up pretty early. I mean, you didn't finish playing because you played last. So, I think you finished about twelve thirty or something. Yeah. Um, and then you know, I drove home from there, and I woke up the next morning feeling pretty rough. And <laughs> I saw your Instagram; you were at the footy, and I thought, oh, she's she's pretty uh, pretty good to get up and get down to the kids' footy, so. Oh, look, it's uh, the same as, same as, you know, if I was a nurse or something like that and, you know, you work a night shift, it's exactly the same thing. I mean, clearly my job's a lot more fun for the yep. most part. Um, and I mean, that night at the Vine, I don't know how long you were there for, but things kind of escalated towards the end of my set. <laughs> yeah, what so. what did you do to people? I've seen it a few times now. What, what, what happens? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happens, but that that was that's yeah. A lot of hectic things happen when I play, and I don't understand what it is. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you could help me out with that, like 
I don't know, people just cut loose. I'm like, what the hell has she done to these people? You know, <laughs> they were all calm with the rest rest of us playing and then uh, you get up there and start revving them all up and they just lose the plot. So, I don't know. <laughs> I blame That's your problem. That's your problem. I blame Western Australia. That's what happened to me in Western Australia. I now, yep. <laughs> I now um, have the capacity to do something else. I maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Right. Well, you almost needed security the other night there. They were getting pretty close. Lucky you knew most people, I guess. That were yeah, there. Oh, look, and I think the sound guy actually come out from behind his sound desk to, to help me out. So, But, yeah, that happens quite frequently wherever I play and things get a little bit crazy and the bar staff get a bit concerned, but I'm pretty good at taking care of myself just quietly. So Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so you've got a new single coming out in August. Yes. And a bit of a tour as well. Yes, 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 yes. So I'm super excited about that. We start, um, when I say we, I start this weekend. So I'm playing at the, uh, Tap House in Castlemaine this weekend. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, then heading to Melbourne, to the Drunken Poet, um, another gig in Bendigo, um, another gig in Melbourne at Whole Lot of Love Bar and then up to Door to play at Soul Bar and then to Brisbane to play at the Stan, no, the <laughs> Grand Stanley, I think it is, in Brisbane, so towards the yep. end of August and then back up to um, Newcastle again another couple of weeks later and, yeah, so it's, it's a great time. <laughs> so wreaking havoc across the country. That's exactly. <laughs> Look out. Look out. Make sure you guys have Sam Booker. <laughs> yeah. So the new single is called I See You. Yes. Yes. And it's it's um, a um, little bit different to what I've been doing, I think, of late. And um, when I say of late, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of orchestral stuff going on in there and a bit of a choir thing happening and, Cool. Hopefully people, hopefully people like it. But I mean, if they don't, you know, <laughs> <I like>. <laughs> stiff, <laughs> stiff, <laughs> stiff. And there's, there's another, there's another three or four that are nearly ready to go in the studio at the moment to back that up. So, yeah. Yeah. So is this going to be like part of an EP or an album? Or I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> there's not really much planning going on on my side of things at the moment. Just. Mm. Start getting new music out there again and start touring on the East Coast again. And um, yeah, because I've been gone for five years. So the only time I've kind of come back, I've only gone to Melbourne, Bendigo, Echuca, Castlemaine, so regional Victoria, rather yeah. than going all the way up the East Coast. So that's what I'll be focusing on mostly is just new music and touring and yeah. rock and roll. Yeah, well, that's the cool thing. Like, you, you can just release, you know, an odd single every month or every couple of months and it doesn't really have to be part of an album or anything these days, I guess. Um, yeah. And um, so are you doing that tour by yourself? It's just a solo tour? Um, some shows. So, um, yeah, some shows I am solo, other shows um, like A Whole Little Love Bar, and the Golden Vine show will have my band. Oh, yeah. Um, so that'll be more carnage than what you saw. Yep. 
because they're a bunch of loose units and I love them. <laughs> um, they're amazing. Um, yeah, so, but the most part, yeah, will mostly be solo. Um, I think my drummer's coming for a mission to Queensland just because it's cold here. So he's not officially playing with me up there as far as I'm aware, but you never know what happens. I might give him a tambourine. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't underestimate the tambourine. Oh, uh, look, he's pretty good at what he does. So yeah. he makes the tambourine sound pretty huge. So <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, and so you'll be chucking some covers in there like you did in Bendigo? Yeah, doing a bit of a mashup of lots yep. of things I do and um, – recreating other people's songs so yep. I said yeah so unfortunately when I play covers it doesn't really sound like the original song so which is you know how I like to do things so yeah yeah be a, a mix of everything actually so cool um I'll think a favorite cover of mine from a couple of weeks ago that I heard you play was um zombie by the cranberries yeah and I remember that being a pretty big hit with the, the <laughs> loose crowd there. <laughs> Actually, I don't remember hearing you. I think I only heard the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> they went so, mental, which is yeah. good. Yeah. Good. It's good. They were, yeah, they were good people that night. <laughs> so you, you'd be a pretty regular occupant of the, um, the Golden Vine in Bendigo growing uh, up around there? Look, I that's actually my local local pub, so that's the closest pub to my house that has music, um, which is convenient and also quite dangerous for me. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so I don't play there very often because, um, yeah, well, I don't want to be playing in the same venue every second weekend kind of thing, So, and because the vine is a the structure of how we get paid to play there is individual, so, yeah trying to uh, maintain a little bit of, I suppose, distance. But I'm usually there most weekends drinking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. It's a <laughs> nice enjoying... little place, actually. Oh, it's gorgeous. And there's, like, killer killer acts that are in there every single um, Friday, Saturday night. There's amazing people playing there all the time. So, yeah. And because I've been gone for five years, there's all these new bands that have started that I haven't had a chance to catch and I've been seeing, you know, them online and watching watching everybody else's music and stuff online and what everyone's doing over here. And so, um, yeah, I'm there quite frequently listening to all the new musos that are coming and um, all the new bands that are developed in the last few years. So, Yeah, well, there's lots coming out of Bendigo, isn't there? Like, it's, you know... It's. I was quite surprised when I first started playing up there, like just how many bands and artists there are up there. Yep. Um, especially playing at Music Man, you know, over the last few years. Uh, a lot of metal bands and yep. punk bands and then acoustic. I think we actually, I just remembered um, before our chat, I came across a flyer from, I think it was 2014. Um, yep. You were on the bill, I was on the bill. Uh, Michael Yule, yeah, uh, a couple of others. I think that was yeah. 2014 at Music yep. Man. Yeah. Um, Rest in peace, Music Man. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. That was a good yeah. good sound system up there. A really good sound system. Yeah, there was, and, and you know, as you would know, and we as musos, we all know that um, there's a lot of live music venues closing down. 
Um, we've actually just lost another one here. So we're back down to one original live music venue, a traditional one anyway. There's other places to play. But, um, yeah, so it's it's hard. It's a hard slog. So the only kind of advice that I can give to the general public is actually, you know, what I do when I go out is I deliberately go to a live music venue. If I'm going to spend money over a bar, I'd rather spend my money supporting that venue in any way, shape or form that I can. So that's, yeah. you know, everybody started doing that. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the venues want you to drink. So even if you just buy a few glasses of Coke, you know, if you don't drink alcohol, <laughs> it all goes to the, uh, to the venue and it makes them happy and it'll yep, keep them it. putting bands on. Yep. Yeah. And makes, and you know, the other thing I do as I'm traveling around is I make sure that if I'm in a venue that I'm not playing at and they have live music, making sure those bar staff know that I'm there because of their live music. So yeah. that trying to keep encouraging and supporting the live music venues. Yeah, well, another venue, I think that same year, 2014, we, we both played at the Brunswick Hotel. Yeah. Uh, that might have been where I first met you, I think. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe. Oh, hang on. Maybe the Bendigo Hotel. Because I, I think the first time I met Michael Yule mm. was a gig that we were doing at the Bendigo Hotel as well. In, Might have been in Collingwood. Yeah. Oh. Might have been. Yeah. Well, it's a bit blurry, but I remember <laughs> we we played at the Brunny, uh, and uh, Liam played as well. And yeah. That was the first time I met Liam. Liam Thorpe. Yeah. Um. So maybe it wasn't the first time I met you. I can't. I can't remember. Anyway. I don't know. But yeah, that's that's another venue that's pretty well recently closed for different yep. reasons but um that venue was was pumping for years so that's a shame that they couldn't reopen yeah yeah, yeah. It's, hard. it's hard it's hard yeah hard for the museums and the and the venues that's why we've really got to work together you know yeah properly and i think you know the best thing for museums as i said if for, you know, musos and the general public is really start getting behind those venues and, you know, start having your functions at the venues, you know, organise your birthday drinks there rather than the fancy bar around the corner. You know, you're yeah. going to end up anyway. So, yeah. do you know what I mean? Just trying to do whatever we can to support those venues to keep them operational because yeah. um, especially those smaller venues that have their open mics and, and things like that, um, that's providing opportunity for other younger musicians to actually start cutting their teeth in a live performance area in front of real people. Um, and if we lose those opportunities, those young people are going to lose that opportunity and not have those places to play and um, learn their craft or hone their craft. So, Yeah, and often it's a good way, the open mics are a good way for the venue uh, to get to know those artists as well. You know, they... Yeah. Like those venues that are really in tune with what's going on in there, they they notice those particular artists, and yep. it might be as simple as you know, come back next Sunday and play for an hour. We really really liked what you did, and um, yep. it really helps when venues are like that. Yeah, that's you know, it. Some venues just 
let you do your own thing and don't even take any notice of what's actually happening there music wise yeah um so yeah you really notice when venues are in tune with what's going on and appreciative of what what's going on as well yeah Um, that's exactly so um i was just asking you before we hit record um your background to music so you had training (laughs) this is this is going to be a good story um training in musical theater yes very much uh musical theater um god i'm trying to remember the first show i did was potentially peter pan and i was a i want to say american indian but i don't know if that's upsetting to anyone so i apologize if i've said the wrong words but yeah um, so I played an Indian in Peter Pan and I might've been about eight, <laughs> yep. but, um, yeah, so my training actually started at, at about five, five years old and I studied Russian ballet for a very long time. So yeah. Cool. Russian ballet. Russian ballet. <laughs> Sounds dangerous. <laughs> it's, it's about- <laughs> Uh-huh. There's there's various levels of ballet and depending on like kind of like music when you're talking about training, mm-hmm. um, you know, are you a are you a trained singer? Are you you know what how what level of training do you have? And um, I'm a classically trained soprano, um, and not that I often use that, but it's the same with the ballet. Russian ballet is so technical, so so technical, so. I did dance at the um, what's the big pointy building building in Melbourne? Uh, exhibition center. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have a clue. There's the big the big dance place in Melbourne, which is like this big tall pointy building. So I used to dance there. Like the recital the, center or something. I can't remember what it's called. Mm, <laughs> I know I'm from Melbourne, but I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> well, anyway, I used to dance with the Australian Ballet there. Cool. So, yeah. So that's where you learnt how to sing when no. you first started singing? No? No, no. No, um, uh, when we moved to Bendigo, um, there wasn't a dance school here that did Russian. Um, they did a different form of ballet. So um, my dance teacher said, I'd prefer you never dance again than do that ballet. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and started, I auditioned for a... Um, a choir and got in and then was given a scholarship to attend a private school um, because I was a singer, which was kind of cool. So, yeah, I was performing probably five days a week from the time I was uh, 12 to the time I was 17. So various different, so classical musical theatre and then private um, singing as well. So... This rock and roll thing. I, I don't know how impressed my musical, uh, my teachers, my vocal coaches would be with me. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would explain your uh, your strong voice, and because I was watching you the other night, and um, yeah, you know how to use it, obviously. Um, and then I think you got a friend of yours up there on stage, and he kind of looked musical theaterish kind of guy. Yes. And I kind of, I'm like, hang on a minute. So that's why I thought I'd check with you. So it makes sense now. So yes. um, you obviously 
learnt pretty early on how to use your voice and how to look after it and um, yes, yes. set you in good stead for what you're doing now, obviously. Yes, yes, yes. And um, that's probably something that I'm super um, – so I teach, I teach vocals as well to yep. um, lots of different ages. Um, I think my oldest student is probably in his mid-60s. Yeah. Um, fabulous, fabulous guy. And, um, yeah, that's the biggest thing that I kind of push with my students is talking about vocal health, um, getting people to understand how vocal cords work, um, how they can take care of their vocal cords and rather it than – it get to a point where somebody's got laryngitis and then ringing me and go, what do I do now? Yeah. Um, it's a lot easier to take care of it on a daily basis and just avoid certain things and, it's, you know, five, six minutes a day of taking care of your voice to have a voice for a very long time. So. Yeah, well, that's something I've been trying to uh, learn, especially over the last few years. Um, and, you know, your, your voice feels how your body feels, so that's why I've kind of cut out a lot of drinking um yep. especially over the last few years and you know in my day job it requires me to talk all day and i kind of get really tired in the voice from that so uh yeah so what what are some without giving away all your top <laughs> secrets no, what are some okay. tips for a <laughs> i'm sure somebody googled you know stuff um some of my top tips are um, there's a lot of things that actually affect your vocal cords. So um, eating and drinking certain things before performing. Um, if you eat any dairy before you perform, so cheeses and yogurt and milk, um, make your vocal cords and your, your throat produce mucus and then all of a sudden your voice cracks and that's why it's doing that for the most part. Um, drinking alcohol, alcohol dries your vocal cords. So you've got to have like a – there's a there's a happy place where your vocal cords are nicely lubricated for them to produce sound effectively over a long period of time. Um, so yeah, avoiding drinking alcohol and coffee. Says the girl with her coffee. <laughs> um, yeah, so that and um, doing a five minute vocal warm up every day is uh, also really good maintenance. Only five minutes. Yeah. Look, because. Yeah. You only need to do five minutes a day. Um, in my opinion, I could be wrong. If you were, if you were performing, say at seven thirty in the morning, I would suggest doing two two hours of vocal warm ups before that performance, or an hour and a half, because yeah. your voice is not naturally warmed up yet. Yeah. But other night time, um, your voice is naturally warmed up. But um, for some for some people, but that five minutes a day um, of scales and things like that helps keep your voice um limber so it's kind of like doing yoga yeah every day somebody does yoga for 15 minutes every morning it's exactly the same thing just five minutes a day vocal warm-up um and then off you go don't do it for hours on end just yeah mm. so it just keeps it limber sort of every day yeah um yeah because i notice like if i have I mean, there's that balance between resting your voice and um, keeping it limber, like you just said. So, um, I'll, I'll send that... you, I'll send you a link after this. <laughs> I'll, oh. send you, I'll send you my secret, my secret weapon. Um, right. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the heads up on that. And then, yeah, literally just five minutes a day with this this one thing. And, um, yeah, you'll notice within two weeks massive improvement um, mm. on sustainability as a vocalist and also if, as long as you're breathing correctly as well because that's the other thing that singers don't um, – untrained singers don't know how to do properly is the how to actually diaphragm breathe. So Yeah. Well, um Part of the reason I, I started this podcast was obviously to to talk to people, you know, in more of a conversation, you know, because like at our gig, yeah, we get to have a have a chat for a little bit. Um, but I know myself that before before a gig, I get myself into this anxiety state where. If, if I had the option, I'd just lock myself in the back room. Yep. Not talk to anyone, um, partly to preserve my voice and secondly, just so I can, I don't know, just get myself balanced okay. out. Um, yeah. I, I really struggle to um, come out and talk to people before I get up and play. I don't know. Like, I'm trying to work on that because it's, it's terrible. So... You know, I find that I um, I avoid talking to people before I play. Um, that's that- – that's, I don't think that's abnormal. Um, mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people are like that. And depending mm-hmm. on what gig I'm doing and how, you know, how my day's gone that day and how prepared I am. So I have a routine um, before I go to a gig, you know, and I'm I'm sitting there mentally checking off. Do I have my guitar, my capo, my um, picks, my tuner, my lead, my mic? You're like, do I have all of my stuff? Yeah. And I kind of find if I haven't followed that routine um, and I haven't double, triple checked things, especially because I have kids moving mm. things all the bloody time, um, <laughs> I get to the gig and I kind of panic and I don't want to talk to anyone either. So, yeah. 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 And it's, and it's hard when you're playing at 11 o'clock. 11 or 11 30 at night as well because you're like you know i'm ready for bed <laughs> oh yeah that's that's a long time to sort of be at the gig and you know uh talking to people and then you've got to get up and play so but yeah. I, I was watching you the other night you know and you know you're having a few drinks you looked relaxed and you were talking to people and like fuck i wish i could do i wish i could be that relaxed and just uh actually chill out and enjoy the yeah, what I'm trying to do. That would be the, that would be the acting training. Ah, right. Well, so, it works. Yes, yeah, I, <laughs> I actually cool, calm, and collected. Like, but apparently, you can't tell if I am or I'm not anymore, which is good. So that's just the training, I suppose, that I've had um, in theatre and you know, for TV and and that kind of stuff, where you can't like the actor steps in and there's there's this some um, facade goes on I suppose and yep. yeah I'm not necessarily I think a lot of people think that it's like sex drugs and rock and roll the way I live but that's what I put out when I'm in that mode I suppose when I've got that that hat on yeah but um you know when I when I'm at home <laughs> which I am right now I'm surprised that you know my kids haven't come in and the dogs haven't come in. <laughs> cat hasn't stood on the keyboard and you know oh yes yeah i haven't seen my cat either i think he's uh he's still asleep upstairs it's just way too cold 
Yeah. So, well, uh, yeah. Well, that's something that we're really feeling at the moment coming from WA is the freezing cold here at the moment. It's out of control. It out is. Bring on the bring on the uh, spring and sunshine. But um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's partly why I started this podcast was so I could actually sit down and talk with other musos properly because I'm always interested in what other people are doing and, um, you know, I really do want to have that chat but I get myself into such a state internally that, uh, you know, of course all my anxiety goes to my throat and just yep. chokes me. And I'll, yep. Anyway, it's yep. something I'm working on. So, oh, I'll, I'll send you, I'll send you that thing, and you just do that before you play. All right, thank you. It's mag- <laughs> That's magic awesome. Juju. Magic juju. I love it. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, like none of this. What I know is is come from I don't know how many different vocal coaches and um, musical theatre directors and TV show directors and. Um, yeah, all of the, the years and dance teachers and things like that, all of the years and years and years of training and professional training that I've had, I've taken little tiny bits yeah. from from people around me and just, yeah, use that to be able to step foot on stage and, and um, portray whatever it is I want to portray that day. For the most part, some days yeah. it gets the better of me and, I need a Valium and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and an extra Sambuca or two. An extra, well, not that I can't do the Valium and a Sambuca, but yeah, so you might, you know, you'll find me having several shots of Sambuca, so which yeah. is not great for the vocal cords, let's be honest. No, but yeah, good for the nerves and and um, that kind of stuff. And I think playing back in my hometown, um, I think was more terrifying when I came back um, in March and played. Um, it, it, we played to a pretty packed house mm. and that was terrifying. You know, there was every other muso from around was there and all of my mates from high school and primary school and, you know, my old workmates and stuff, everybody had come to watch me and it was terrifying. So yeah. <laughs> I still get, yeah, I still well, get weird. All experience and um, you've obviously earned the, you know, the right to feel comfortable <laughs> in what you're doing, <laughs> so if that makes any sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I understand. I hope, I'm, I hope I'm never too comfortable because that's when, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's good to feel a little bit of nerves as long as you can yeah. make it work for you. Yeah. Because um, it's never supposed to be easy and just... Um. Yeah, it's it's good. It makes you feel alive a little bit, I guess. Gets the adrenaline working in the right way. It's just yep. got to learn, learn to harness it properly. Exactly right. Um. Well, we better look at wrapping up, I guess. Um. Yep. So Take the new singles. <laughs> oh right, the new singles out in August. Yes, seventh uh, or eighth of August. Uh, pre-orders go on um, the usual area. You can pre-order music that starts. What's the date today? Seventeenth. Uh, tomorrow. So oh. tomorrow pre-orders. Well, the eighteenth. I don't know when you're posting this. So the eighteenth of July's pre-orders. So if everyone can pre-order, that would be amazing. Yep. See if we can uh, crack the aria charts again. Hell yeah. Um. Now that I've ticked all the right boxes. <laughs> right. 
Um, but yeah, so and the single will actually be out on the seventh or eighth of August. All right. Okay. So, what's the best place for people to to find you? Uh, probably Facebook is yep. the best place because um, so uh, if you're looking for me, look up Meredith Music Australia on Facebook or look up Meredith Whittle, you'll find me. There's lots of random information about me everywhere. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so Facebook's probably the one place that I update frequently um, and also Instagram on, on there a fair bit as well. So Okay. Well, we'll put um, – I'll put some links in the show notes as awesome. I always do. Um, so we'll get people to go and check that out and get you on the ARIA charts this time around. We'll see if we can do it. It's a, it's a challenge. Let's go billboard. Let's aim for billboard. Oh, okay. Sure. Let's go billboard. <laughs> yes. My second biggest second biggest buying market, so. Cool. Very cool. All right. Well, better let you go. Um, yeah. Better go to you. those drums. <laughs> yes. Bash out some uh, tom-toms. <laughs> Pretty handy to have a drummer in the house. Or not. <laughs> or not. Or not. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, um, Thanks very much, Meredith, for uh, coming on the show. That's right. Thank you very much. Are we calling you? A, are we calling you Acoustic Fox in this domain, or? Yeah, whatever you like. I don't know. Acoustic Fox, Craig. You know, I'm, I'm the same person at the end of the day. So. <laughs> I'm not. I'm completely. I'm different people. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> okay. All right. No, but thank you very much for having me, and um, yeah, I look forward to catching up with you in the near future. Yeah, we'll see you at. Um, I'll get down to some of your one of your Melbourne shows on the tour, and uh, we might even do this again in person. Yes. So yes. keep your fingers crossed. This recording worked, and uh, <laughs> we'll catch up with you again soon. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, Meredith. Thanks everyone for listening, and uh, we'll catch you for another episode of Fox on the Wire soon. Cheers. Bye. You're listening to Fox on the Wire!